Welcome to the UK Consult. This podcast is our occasional ramble through all things to do with citizen engagement and public participation in the UK. It is the home of public participation goodness, with a particular focus on good practice examples of online engagement and special guests and features from around the globe. Hello and welcome to the UK Consult, our occasional ramble through all things community engagement and public consultation in the UK and further afield. Now, it's been a little while since our last broadcast, and that's because we've been very busy. Christmas was in the way, then it was New Year, and um, we're also, we've also been thinking about sort of relaunching and revamping what we do. So with that in mind, we're planning on making sure that we do at least one broadcast a month. So I think we can stick to that. And that will allow us to do a deep dive into a feature topic each time. So that's one of our promises to our loyal listeners. We'll carry on doing our shout outs. So we will pick something of interest that one of our clients has been up to and particularly do a, uh, a, a shout out on that. We'll have special guests. I haven't got one this time, but we have got some people lined up. So we'll keep the special guests going. Um, and we're also going to look at the tool of the month. So um, that is actually just looking at specific, a specific use of um, one of the features of Engagement HQ or um, actually being used by one of our clients or, or one of the uh, other, other products within our um, citizen engagement government experience platform. Um, so we'll, we'll be able to look at something in a bit more detail each time. So that's sort of four things that we're going to try and keep to each time. And that we're going to start with with that today um, without the special guest. So our feature topic this week is to turn our lens to the recent court case where the UK government unfortunately lost its case. Um, or sorry, I should say the claimants won their case against the government for the um, consultation or not on the national disability strategy, which was ruled inadequate and therefore unlawful in the High Court. So this all all went on in in January. The decision was on the 25th of January. I think lots of people were distracted by it's been going on in in other parts of government and um, the various different party gates and and what have you, the various different ways of describing that episode. Um, so it, I think many people might have missed it. So it's a good one to cover, actually, because I, we think it has some implications for how people do consultation and engagement, especially online. Um, and it does relate to what we've talked about in the past in terms of hashtag not another survey and things like that. So hope this is useful. Oh, the other thing we're trying to do is stick to a time limit as well. So trying to keep each podcast within a reasonable time limit of 10, 15 minutes or so. So you can get onto other things in your life, basically. So um, what's the big deal here? Well, um, in a nutshell, and pretty much in layman's terms, the government promised to come up with a new disability strategy, um, which was uh, more formally known as the National Disability Strategy way back in what seems like way back in 2019. And eventually, after some disruption around COVID, as you can imagine, 
um, they undertook what they described as a listening exercise to inform their plans. So we're not taking any sides here, we're merely describing what, what's been reported. Um, unfortunately for the government, not everyone was happy with the, the process and it ended up in court and the claimants argued that in fact this wasn't some kind of listening exercise, it was actually a consultation, the government didn't do a good job and, and they were arguing that the consultation was, was unlawful and it all became a bit yes minister um, with the government saying that it wasn't a consultation and the fact that they'd done such a, a bad job um, meant that it couldn't be a consultation and that that was a proof that it was a mere listening exercise. Now, it wasn't quite like that, but it did, you know, to the to the casual observer like me, it did sound a bit like that. So that is all very confusing and is a real short summary of something that the Consultation Institute has written up in a bit more detail and in a much more professional fashion um, than, than what I'm capable of. So I will put a link or we will put a link to that in the blurb so that you can get a bit more background information. What it boiled down to is that the government, probably, the, probably with all the best intentions, held a listening exercise on the National Disability Strategy. And they mainly or solely relied on an online survey. I think there were some other things that went on, but it was primarily an online survey. And this upset um, some people, lots of people maybe, um, and they were upset, upset by this way of doing engagement. And, and it was argued that this, in fact, by the claimants, that this was, in fact, consultation. And the survey on its own was, more, was not enough to make it a lawful consultation. Um, and this was interpreted during the judgment that the Secretary of State had failed to provide sufficient information on the proposed strategy to allow for me a meaning, meaningful response. In turn, the government argued that it was never intended to be a consultation, so it did not need to do anything more to make it a robust one, if you like. Anyway, the claimants won in, in court with the court holding that it was a consultation and it was not good enough and therefore unlawful. So that, that's the background. So it's quite a big deal, certainly in my sort of like, you know, geeky world of public consultation, because um, on the surface of it, it's, you know, it's, it, it sort of highlights what I've been saying for a long time is that relying on an online survey is not good consultation, is not good engagement, it doesn't matter what you call it, um, you shouldn't just rely on a survey. So this isn't survey bashing, you know, we know about, we know how important online surveys are to research, consultation, etc. but on their own, you, you can come unstuck. And, and this was very much reaching a similar conclusion. If This has um, some important implications for people working on managing service change, managing change, developing policy, etc. And, and some of these implications were, were a bit more in the detail of the ruling. So I'll just go through those as well. So in the Consultation Institute summary, they really um, quite rightly um, highlight that this uh, ruling brought the survey under the requirements of the common law principle of lawful consultation, which is quite a big deal, really. So you know, this survey on its own comes under common law requirements, law principles. That's a big deal in its, on its own. Um, and then also, as you look deeper into um, what was said, the survey on its own was not good enough to make the, the consultation lawful because people needed to be given further information to give the Secretary of State's proposals intelligent consideration. So if you, if you want to understand more about why that's important, um, then Google, other search engines are available, um, Gunning too, and you'll see why that's important. 
basically what they said, what's being said is like this survey on its own without more information. And actually, if you look even in more into more detail into what was said without further discussion and dialogue or opportunities for that anyway, um, doesn't enable people to give the, the proposals intelligent, intelligent consideration, therefore is unlawful. For me, that's like, wow, because we've always been talking about the importance of providing extra information, alternatives to a survey, all that stuff. But actually, when it is just a survey on its own, I've been saying for a long time, you've got to put it in a package of additional information, especially in this day and age. Furthermore, it was said that the information provided or lack of it with the survey uh, made it impossible for participants' contributions to shape the strategy. And it went into real detail saying that the multiple choice format and limited free form responses, although they were not applied, did not allow for a proper response, even to the issues that the survey did, did ask about. And, and the judge then ruled that the claimants were therefore unable to give the intelligent consideration and response required for a fair and lawful consultation. So again, that's so important because it's saying, you know, the nature of the very nature of a structured survey did not allow for people to give intelligent consideration and response. So they couldn't respond in a way that, that would have made it a fair and lawful consultation. So that has for me alarm bells ringing in terms of, you know, where, where a poorly designed survey or just a survey on its own by its very nature will not meet the requirements of a fair and lawful consultation. Now, if, if you're all here with me, I reckon I'd see some of you writing down going, oh, wow, that's really important and has consequences for how potential for how I do my job. And then finally, whilst this wasn't said, it did, it, this whole thing had a feeling of what um, a few, few people who care about this topic have been talking about for a long time, which is, um, you know, you can't just say it's not, it's not a consultation as a way of getting out of the rigor of, of doing things well and doing them fairly. So the government fell foul of, of the duck test. And this has been mentioned, actually, funnily enough, around Partygate, um, that if it looks like a duck, swims like a duck and quack like a duck, then it probably is a duck. And in this case, just because you call something a listening exercise or a big conversation doesn't mean that it's not really a consultation in disguise and you don't have to abide by fairness and good practice because you do, whatever you call it. And that personally, I've been waiting for this kind of judgment, not because I want anyone in government to, be in, to get into trouble, but because I think it's been coming for a while that because consultation is so rigorous, you can't do something else and not do it well because you know these legal principles are there for a reason regardless of what you call it if that makes sense maybe that's a topic for someone else who can explain that a bit better than I do um, so anyway it has some real practical consequences in my mind and these are as follows um, just relying on an online survey for a listening exercise especially if you are you openly talk about encouraging a conversation you talk about hearing that you want to hear about people's lived experiences it is likely to um, to upset people and invite a legal challenge if, if all they can do is fill out an online survey i think it just invites that frustration and when people are frustrated they lash out um, and these these are likely to be people with a high stake in the outcome who want to express their opinion they want to discuss their challenges and they want to feel that they've been heard on the issues that matter to them and the people they care for 
And so I'm sure you've all completed surveys and on their own, they're not going to create this feeling of genuine participation. So they do need to be supplemented with other methods. Um, and this has always been the case for the art of making consultation meaningful. Luckily for us, things like Engagement HQ provide a mechanism for doing that. So they, these days, we can easily offer alternatives to just providing a solitary online survey. We can use our Engagement HQ platform to do much more to improve the participants' experience. So for example, we can supplement a survey with online discussion forums, add in an ideas tool, allow people to tell their stories, and lots, lots more. Indeed, in my opinion, I think it's fair to conclude that the government may have avoided any you know, successful challenge had, had they actually provided these more engaging online, online tools that are designed for genuine listening, in addition to their survey. So that could have been done at the same time. In addition, any listening exercise, public consultation or big conversation relying just on a survey, all on its own, must be supplemented with additional information or what we sometimes call learning resources. So in Engagement HQ, we do this with our 14 information widgets, which not only allow people to give policy proposals intelligent consideration via reading documents in the document library, watching videos in the video library, but also look after participants by giving them other important information like what are the key dates? When are the important events happening? What are the timescales for the whole project? And who can I contact if I've got a question? And Another point, another practical point for people to think about is that the very nature of surveys may not allow for proper response to issues that a survey may ask about. Some things require a dialogue or a specific tool to respond properly. And I think that came out in the, the words of the ruling. And, and therefore, participants may be unable to give the intelligent consideration response required of a fair and unlawful consultation. So I think as a consequence of this ruling, alternative methods like online forums, ideas boards, story sharing, and question and answer tools should always be provided to minimize that risk of, of successful legal challenge, but also you know, upsetting people and, and not looking too good in the court of public opinion. So that was quite heavy, wasn't it, for our first feature topic? Um, I hope it was useful. And maybe next time we can get a guest on to actually talk about some of those issues in a bit more detail. Right. Um, lightening the load a little bit is our shout out for this broadcast and it goes to Let's Talk Derby. So this is Derby City Council's Engagement HQ site. Very nice looking site, lovely banner, that's a nice introduction, looks jolly, looks inviting. This isn't really made for radio, is it? So I'll put the blurb in the link. But the shout out goes to their particular project which I like um, is and that's I'm going to say this wrong aren't I Elstree or Alstree rewilding and again we'll put this in in the blurb and the reason why you should have a look at it is um, it's nicely laid out the project is about uh, working with Derbyshire Wildlife Trust and the University of Derby on a rewilding project that's a 12-week consultation and it's asking for people's views and, and visitors, ideas around rewilding um, the area, sharing their suggestions, etc. And it's a nice example of a blended project because they've also got some events that people can come along to. But also it's a really nice example 
Um, and this is purely by coincidence, having just talked about not relying on a survey on its own, is of the use of multiple tools. So if as a visitor to this consultation, because I'm interested in this subject, and want to have my say, I can come along, I can share my ideas in an ideas board. Uh, lots of people have done that. Uh, we've had lots of interaction on there. People coming along, sharing their ideas for the rewilding project. They've got a discussion forum where people can actually talk to each other about various topics to do with the project or the potential project, I should say. And they've also got a, a, a story, um, storytelling capability. So here people can tell their sort of lived experience and hopes and aspirations in a lot more detail. And it provides that real in-depth experiential data, emotional data that people can people are looking for um, quite often in, in these projects. And there is a survey. And once people have done these things, they can have their say. Or if they feel they don't need to do those things, they can go straight to the survey. So it's a nice project using multiple dialogue methods, which have always been a key ingredient of of meaningful consultation and then in terms of providing people with the information that they need to take part they've, they've actually got the names and uh, positions and contact details of some of the key staff so you can actually email people and ask them a question there is and there's a quick poll um, to capture instant information but just in terms of being helpful they've got some key dates they've got some important links there's a clear life cycle the project when it begins when it ends and when the decision will be made so all in all that project is my shout out all the week. Month, I should say. We're going to go monthly, aren't we? Because we've failed it weekly. Okay, so the last thing I'm going to do on the relaunched New Vamp UK Consult is talk about the tool of the month. So this is about picking a particular feature of one of our products. So in this case, it's the places tool. And actually just, um, we'll put it in the blurb obviously, uh, but just to give a shout out to the Brighton and Hove's climate change community, which is called Let's Talk Climate Change. And in particular, the tool in question was the use of the mapping tool for their livable neighbourhood opportunities project. And if you go and have a look at that, you'll see that they ask people to take part in a project exploring their livable neighbourhoods using the places tool. And they, on this places tool, they could talk about, drop a whole load of, load of pins around to identify whether there was rat running problems in the, in the neighbourhood, where might be a suitable site for a pocket park or a parklet, which I had to Google and have a look at. And where should we plant more trees if possible? Where do we need electric vehicle charging points um, and where should we put a cycle hanger or more cycle parking and there was a few more as well so there's you know lots of pins that people could drop and and one of the things i like about this and, and our other examples of similar projects is, is the volume of contributions so um, just adding these up in my head there must be over a thousand pins i'm always mindful of how resource intensive and difficult it would have been to get um, all of those comments back in, on a specific geographical area back in the day when we used to pound the streets and actually have to ask people face to face, whereas and they'd have to be outside in the cold and in the dark and in the rain possibly as well. And this way we can just capture those comments and then do the analysis and the reporting and uh, yeah, get some themes and see what the, where the clusters are, and et cetera, et cetera. So well done to uh, Brighton and Hove for that excellent example of the Places Project. And so that brings us to the end of our relaunch podcast. And apologies if you can hear Betty 
in the background. That's there's any background grunting or coughing. That's my chocolate Labrador Betty, and she's 13. She doesn't do much, but occasionally makes sound effects like that. So there you go. That's uh, that's all from me, and uh, until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the UK Consult. Join us for future conversations each week as we continue to explore the tremendous, meaningful and ever-evolving world of digital consultation and community engagement. You can view additional educational resources at bangthetable.com.